was the day I began to die. And I'm like, wow, why would he tell me something like that? But anyway, I'm saying that to say that God has ordered our steps. He has predestined each one of us. He has laid it on us. He has mapped out our path for us already. If you go if you turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 20 and I'm going to begin let me get my paper here. I'm going to begin at the first verse. At the first verse, we'll we'll find these words. And God spoke these words, saying, I am, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other God before me, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow thyself to them or serve them, for I am I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of thy fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations. God wants us to realize who he is. He created us <coughs> for his purpose. We're not here for our own purpose, even though we take it for granted that it is. We forget that God is in charge. And this is something we shouldn't forget, is that he is in charge. You know, we go through our days planning, and uh, he tells us not to take this stuff, not to... uh, not to do these, not to do these things, but we do them anyway. You know, we do them anyway. Uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-two, Beginning at the 37th, Christ is speaking here, and he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. 
again, God wants us to understand exactly who he is. This is one of the reasons why he wants us to study his word. He wants us to come together so that we can be in his word, to learn his word, to gain strength from each other and to pull each other up when we seem to be falling down or we don't or we don't know how we're going to make it from one day to the next he wants us to come together he wants us to depend on him you know we have to learn how to depend on him and the only way we can do that is by studying his word and coming together in the book of Deuteronomy, I'm going to jump around a little bit here this morning. Beginning at the f- first chapter, and I'm going to start at the um, 29th verse. Now, Moses had sent some spies to spy out a land and to uh, come back and give a report. But what happened was they went up and they spied out the land, but what they saw frightened them. And they came back and they exaggerated what they saw. And... Let's go back to the 28th verse. In here it says, Whether shall we go up, brethren, have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim, there 29 then said I then I said unto you dread not this is Moses neither be afraid of them the Lord your God which goeth before you he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness when thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bore thee as a man bores his son and all our ways that he went that that ye went until you came unto this place. In other words, God will take care of us. But for some reason or another, we don't have that kind of faith to believe that God is going to take care of us. You know, we think that we have to do things on our own. You know, and uh, most of us say we believe in a God. But our faith is very small. Again, I'm going to jump to Mark 11.
I believe Sister Manley read one of these scriptures Wednesday. Mark 11, beginning at the 23rd verse and the 24th verse. And this is Christ speaking again. And this is talking about our faith and how we believe. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in thy heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he believes. This is how faith, how strong has got to be. It talks about if we had this faith of a mustard seed. You know, a mustard seed is a very small seed. But once it grows, it becomes very big. It becomes big enough that birds will lodge in it, in the branches. Now, if that's, if that's possible, I mean, this is the kind of faith that we should have, that we believe that much in God, that people will gravitate towards us because they see the God in us. And this is where we want to be. This is what we should strive for, is to have this kind of a spirit that whenever somebody is in your presence, they want to be part of you because of what they see, what they feel. Now, they might not know exactly what it is they are looking at, but whatever it is they feel coming off of your presence gives them strength to maybe go on for a few minutes more. You know, and this is where our faith needs to be. But most of us don't have this kind of faith. You know, we want to believe that we have this kind of faith, but we don't have this kind of faith. We say things like, I believe in God, but we really don't believe in God. We look at God as a cosmic vending machine. We only go to him when we want something. When we're in deep trouble, we will pray to him and ask him to get us out of this and out of that. But God is there, and he hears all of this. And sometimes I imagine we wonder why he don't answer us. It's because we're praying in vain. You know, we need to get our spirits right, connected with God. And we have to do this through the Holy Spirit. Matthew 17. Beginning at the 20th verse. Again, Christ is speaking here. And he says at the 20th verse, Then Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you that if you had the grain, if you if if ye had the faith as a as a mustard seed, you shall say 
to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. But there's a clause there in 21 that says, how be it, this kind goes out, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So we have to we have to get connected and we connect ourselves with the Lord our God through prayer, meditation and fasting. I don't know if any of you fast, but if uh if you do or if you don't, you need to question and ask people that do. You know how to do these things so that you can get connected to the God of your understanding. You know, so that we can uh, understand exactly what it is he wants from us and how we can become a part of him because this is where we're trying to go. When we leave this planet, we're going to be in his presence. And are we ready for that? I don't know when my time is coming. But I want to be right. I want to be connected. Um, let's go to Proverbs 3. And I'm going to start at five through seven. Again, here talks about trusting in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. God is in control. It's only when we step off the chosen path that we try to take control. And when we try to take control, we're out of control. You know, we don't even know what we're doing. Okay, Isaiah 59. And I'm going to begin at the first verse. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. God wants us to be saved. He's willing to do for us even when we're not willing to do for our own selves. But we need to acknowledge him. Neither is his ears heavy that he cannot hear. He knows everything that's going on. Even though we think he don't or that we're doing something in secret. God sees and he hears. And not only that, he has angels 
that are with us each and every day that sees and hears. And I imagine they report back to him. You know, verse 2, but your or our iniquity have separated between you or me and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear. Okay. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. Neither now nor calleth for justice or any pleadeth for truth. Thy truth in vanity and speak lies, they conceive mischief and bringeth forth iniquity. We are so caught up in the world today and caught up in what this person is saying and what that person is saying. And when somebody is talking about somebody, we, we, we listen. You know, we're so quick to want to hear something about somebody else, which takes the focus off of yourself and puts it on that person. So what we do is we carry whatever we hear about someone to someone else. And that's all to keep the focus off of yourself. But what is going on with you that you got to hide behind somebody else's problems, behind somebody else's mistakes, or someone else's... I mean, what is it that we are hiding from that we are either too ashamed that we have to find something on somebody else to talk about. You know, it's time to grow up. You know, it's time to look at ourselves and take our own inventory and ask for forgiveness. Because I'm quite sure, I don't know about you, I can only speak for me, but if you're anything like me, you got a lot of stuff going on that you need to deal with. Okay, I'm going to jump over to uh, Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Beginning at the seventh verse. And these words are telling us again, you know, that God has ordered our steps. But it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. And I think the worst deception is when we fool ourselves, when we lie to ourselves about 
different things, you know, like who we are or what we're doing, you know. And it's saying here, don't be deceived. Because when we deceive our own selves, we're honestly mocking God. You know? Um, says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap con- con- corruption. Thank you. For he that soweth to the spirit shall reap the spirit, shall the spirit reap life everlasting. This is what we should be working on, you know, because we're not going to be here always. So it's time to get ourselves right with the Lord, you know, I mean, because he has ordered our steps. And if he's ordered our steps, then I need to know what path he has chosen for me. And I need to work on getting that, getting on that path and doing his will. God is not mocked. And again, he's watching everything that we do. So we need to get it right. Matthew six thirty-three. And here, the same thing I was just saying. Christ is telling us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow, the morrow shall take thought for for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day of evil therein. God does not prohibit us from planning. But he does prohibit us from worrying about the future. You know, he urged his disciples to focus on the challenges of that day. You know, because we have a lot to tend with, to attend to within 24 hours. So actually, we shouldn't be worried about tomorrow, but we do. We worry about tomorrow because we want to know, you know, how are we going to make ends meet? Will we be able to pay our bills? You know, will I have enough money for groceries? You know, are my children going to be fed? You know, we worry about all these things, and, and Christ is telling us not to worry about these things. You know, like somewhere in the Bible it talks about if God can take care of the lilies and the birds, he can take care of us. But we got to have faith, that much faith in God to believe that he will take care of us, that he will provide for us. We have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn. 
in John 14. Beginning at the 14th verse. Christ is speaking again. He says, if you, if you shall ask anything in my name, but this is where our faith has to be. We have to believe that much in the Lord that if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, 15. And I will pray to Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth within you, and shall be in you, and I will not leave you comfortless, comfortless. I will come to you. Christ is letting us know that he will abide with us if we only trust him. If we have that much faith in him, that he's with us, you know, through anything that we're going through, you know. Anytime we think we're in a situation that we can't handle, if we go to him and lay, it, and lay these things at his doorstep and leave them there and don't pick them back up, Christ is letting us know that he will take care of us. But we have to have that much faith that Christ is going to act on our behalf. We have to believe this and trust this, you know, and not doubt it. Because the moment doubt comes in and I try to fix something, I'm getting ready to mess it up. And usually I do. I mess it up in a minute. But Christ is saying we have to trust that much in him. You know, and a lot of people say, well, how do you know? How do you know he's going to do this? You have to have that kind of faith. You know, if you don't have that kind of faith, you need to start working on getting that kind of faith. And how do we do it? It goes back to prayer and meditation. And asking, not just right now, but on a daily basis, throughout the day, we need to learn how to talk to God, to Christ, on a daily basis. I mean, throughout the whole day, you know, just talk to him, just like I'm talking. And that's what I learned to do. I don't try to look for certain words to say to him. I speak to him through my own voice and I try not to hear from him through any other voice that comes into my mind because you hear a lot of voices 
It could be the voice of Satan. It might be your own voice that can confuse you. You want to hear his voice, and usually his voice is the one that, I don't know if it happens to you, but a lot of times you say, my mind told me to do that, and we don't do it. And then we realize that that's what I should have done, was that first thought, you know. Learn how to get into this word. Get with people that's in this word. Study to be approved, as it say in the Bible. Study. You know, read the Bible. Read it on a daily basis because the word is in here. Like I, I heard somebody say, um, get close to the prophets. You know, because God is in them words, in the words of the prophets. You know, read the Bible. It says take scripture and put it in a little box and tie it to your forehead. You know, these are things that we have to learn how to do. I mean, I've seen people that had scriptures pinned to themselves in other churches. But as soon as they go outside the church, they take them pins off. (laughs) You know, they take them off. But while they're in the church, I don't need them in the church because this is where I'm getting filled. This is where I hear the words, you know, from other people. You know, in here, you know, I was talking to Brother Nuris, and Nuris was talking to me, and and just about everything I'm talking about up here, he was saying. He was honestly saying it to me, and I was saying, wow, you don't know that that's that's what I'm going to talk about (laughs) this morning, you know. But um, we hear, we hear God in other people. And we need to listen to that because that's how he speaks to us sometimes. You know, get to know the father. Get to know the father like you know your earthly father, your earthly brothers and sisters. Get to know the father. Get to know his son Christ. Get to know him. Get to understand him. You know, because he's waiting. He's right there. And believe it or not, he might be standing right next to you. We can't see him. But we can feel the presence. I'm quite sure at times you feel a presence and you don't know what it is. That might be him standing right next to you trying to say something to you. Listen to that small voice. Listen to it. Luke 6 Beginning at the 46th verse, Christ is speaking here again. He says, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He's like a man which buildeth a house and diggeth deep and layeth the foundation on a rock, 
And when the floods arose, the stream beat behemothly upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. This, again, goes back to we have to build a foundation in the Lord. And how do we do that? By studying, by praying, and meditating. And God will establish you in such a way that you will understand his words. And this is what we want. We want a strong foundation in the Lord. We want that strong foundation. We want to be able to stand when we think that we won't be able to stand. We want to be able for the Lord to be with us and know that he's there. We know within ourselves that the Lord is there because of our belief. But if I don't have that belief in the Lord, then I might not know when he's present or when he's not present. But if I have the faith by studying his word and being prayed up, I'll know automatically when his presence is there. I won't be afraid to go ask for that job. I won't be afraid to go ask for that loan. I won't be afraid to withstand if somebody try to break in my house. Well, they'll get shot. But I mean, I won't be afraid because I know the Lord is with me. And that's where we all need to go. We need to have this in our hearts and believe this strongly because he has ordered our steps. And we need to realize that, that from birth, God has set out a chosen map for us. And we need to follow that guide all the way through our lives. But if we don't know the direction to go in, we won't go in that direction. We will try to find all kinds of things, other things to do, other paths that we will choose, and it will lead us down a road of destruction. You know, I've been there. I'm not going into it, but I've been there. I'm going to go to my last verse, which is Matthew seven twenty-one. And I think everybody knows this verse. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say unto me that in that day. So there's a coming a time when we're going to be in the presence of Christ and we will be speaking with him. Because he says in that day, the Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will 
and then will I profess unto them I never knew them. We see it every day now. It's on TV. We see these uh, TV evangelists, and they got they got this thing where they're prophesying over you. They're telling you how to get money. All of this stuff. And a lot of people are believing them because of the need, their needs. You know, if I have a need to pay my rent and I don't have the money and my my rent is due, you know, and somebody is going to tell me how to get some money, sure, I might listen to them too. But this is what Christ is saying. Christ is saying these people, he's going to turn them down in the last day. He's going to let them know that they didn't really do anything. They was out for themselves. And that's what we see with most of these TV evangelists. They're out for themselves. They're out prophesying for your money, and you're giving them hard-earned money, and they're living lavishly. They're living in these mansions and all this here. And most of us can't even afford an apartment. And nowadays, with the way rents are going, these apartments are outrageous. You know, I don't know how anybody can afford them. I mean, we're working. Some people are working two and three jobs just so they can pay their rent and buy food and take care of their children. And that shouldn't be. The household today, when I was a, when I was a child, you didn't have... You had like one parent in the home and one parent at work. And the money that they made back then was little compared to the money we get today. And the money we get today can't even support us. But the money they made, was making a dollar an hour, took care of the whole family. My father was making, what, $59 a week. And took care of the whole house on $59. I mean, food was stuff was cheap back then. But I mean, today, people are making $20, $30, $40 an hour. And if you're a professional person, you might be getting much more than that. You know, on my job, one truck, one truck an hour gets $160. One truck. They got 300 trucks. I'm saying this to say that I don't know what has happened, but we are living in very rough times, hard times. And it's our dependency upon the Lord that's going to get us through. I pray that you've gotten something out of what I said this morning. I'll be honest with you, I was a little nervous. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but thank you. And again, have a blessed day, Sister Manning.